0: welcome to the shine bright podcast i'm your host brianna castell my hope is that this podcast will be a place to encourage women to shine their lights brightly and authentically by unapologetically being who god called us to be you can expect to hear me talk about things like jesus how ghetto adulting is finances dating therapy and honestly everything in between my prayer is that each episode you will walk away feeling encouraged inspired and seen let's get into today's episode Welcome to this week's episode of the Shine Bright Podcast. So I told you guys last week that I've talked a lot about singleness because that is my perspective, but I want to have more people on that are in different stages of their relationship. So I had uh, my best friend Tiana last week, who is a newly newlywed. And this week I have another one of my best friends, Nicole, who is in a new-ish relationship. Um, But Nicole and I have been friends for almost a decade, which is crazy
1: that is crazy oh my god
0: we're so old oh my god (laughs) um and we've seen each other through many different relationship seasons and struggles and entanglements since that's the word (laughs) entanglements oh my gosh yes through many different (laughs) entanglements (laughs) <laughs> That's so funny, um, but yes, and so Nicole is like I mentioned in a new relationship, and so I kind of wanted to have her on because we've gone through similar seasons, and to kind of see the ways that God has just answered her prayer and that she's budding in this new season of life. I thought for those of us that are single, um, I think it's encouraging to hear how other people have ended up in in their season, their relationship season. So wanted to have the beautiful Nicole Webb on, but before, of course, I have to give you her bio. So not only is Nicole one of my best friends, but she is an Emmy Award winning former news producer, current media director and content producer for her church. Yes, sis is a director. Okay. (laughs) She's a former professor, which is probably one of my favorite fun facts about Nicole. Because if you know Nicole, she when I met her, and we'll talk about how we met, she was very introverted. And to know that she was like standing in front of children, well, not children, but you know, children, They're children my
1: children.
0: They're my children. <laughs> children and teaching them, I just think is amazing. Um, she is a phenomenal poet as well. I know you're probably listening and like, wait, isn't Tiana a poet as well? Yes, I have many poet friends and she is an amazing poet as well. She's an author. She has two or three, three, three. Yeah, three amazing poetry books um and she is a blogger sometimes vlogger you'll catch her doing a couple of videos here and there um <laughs> yes
1: yeah.
0: you can find her books of poetry and blogs on her website thenicoleweb.com and that's web with two b's that's also her instagram handle she's com, and her poetry is some of my favorite as well um and yeah welcome to the podcast nicole thank you Fran. i'm so excited to be here firefly she calls me Firefly because if you've been rocking for me for a while, that's what my blog used to be called, and that's what my Instagram name was a, a long time ago. Okay, all right, friend. Well, um, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to get all up in the beeswax about your new relationship, I, but you know my favorite question to ask and to start off with is how is your heart? So how is your heart currently? Oh, Nicole also, Nicole also just celebrated a birthday and she just started this new job this week. So I want to know all of that. Like, how is your heart doing processing this new season, this new year of life? This, you're a director now, you left news, etc.
1: So my heart feels full. Um, and I think more so just because of how my birthday turned out, like I have the best tribe in the world. The fact that you guys one, I can't get over the surprise house party. That's hilarious to me. Like I was rolling for hours after that, but, um, yeah, just to see what you guys did and how you guys really came together with Neil and did this beautiful, um, video just, that was, that was, yeah, that was a lot. Um, so I felt affirmed. I felt loved and it's not like I've ever felt in lack of you guys' love because I'm not, I think I, I, my love languages are like all over the place right now because of coronavirus and because we're all over the place as far as like where we are with human connection, like in-person connection. So at first I was, I think acts of service was my most recent top one, well, before Corona. And then during quarantine, physical touch became like my top love language, which is so Mm -hmm. not me. And I was like, what the heck is happening? So yeah, to feel affirmed again, even through through like, yeah, this virtual experience was really great. Uh, 27 is treating me very well. Uh, uh, 26 was a little hard at first. And then towards the end of it, I was like, wow, this is great. So yeah, um, my heart feels um, amazing. Um, My heart feels happy. My heart feels at peace. My heart also feels free because I think I was afraid to say that I wanted to leave news. Hmm. and because I was I was not just good at it but because that's like my background like I've been in the news business for almost five years maybe a little bit longer um so yeah to leave something that you know I'm good at and that I won like an Emmy in and to have like you know great connections and stuff and people ask you like oh, okay, so what are you gonna do next? Like you're going to a new station, all right, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm actually going into ministry like at my church Mm and I'm getting a media director there. And they're like, what? Like, that doesn't make sense, (laughs) like how? And I think it was just, yeah, a matter of being obedient and at peace. I remember like, I was laying in bed one night and I was having this conversation with God. I was like, God, like, how do I tell people like, yeah, like I'm leaving TV news and going into ministry, like, That sounds weird. That sounds honestly dumb. (laughs) I'm a to care about that, God.
0: Like, (laughs) What are you doing?
1: Yeah. And he told me like, well, are you affirmed by people in your calling or are you affirmed by me? Mm. Like, is it about what people are saying or is it about me and what I've called you to do? And I was like, well, okay, you got it. So here I am. And... (laughs) As far as, like, the whole me being a director at 27, I don't think that's hit me just yet. Like, I'm still processing that. Um, Yeah, so get back to me, like, in six months. (laughs) I don't know. I
0: don't know. Oh, my gosh, which is so dope. Um, And I just wanted to add some context. So when she was talking about Neil, that is the name of her current boyfriend. And Mm -hmm. you were talking about the video. So Neil actually reached out to all of us um, maybe a month or so ago and asked us all to do um send in like a minute video clip um to nicole because he wanted to put it together since obviously it's quarantine and we can't be with her in person and when she was talking about a house party she's talking about the ab house party not an actual house party just so y'all know we are still social distancing (laughs) right um but yeah he just pulled this video together and it was like all of her loved ones just telling her why we loved her why we were proud of her and then he sent her the link and watched the video with us. And he sent us the link too. So we got to see the video. Oh, what, good. Yeah. yeah. And what everybody said. And so, um, you know, that's what she was referring to when she's talking about that video, which I thought was so sweet and so thoughtful that he just knew that that would be a wonderful way to celebrate your birthday and your new season of, of transition in your career, which is awesome. Yeah. He's well, I'm happy to hear that your heart is full and it's happy Um, my heart. So it's so funny. I feel like I get (laughs) caught off guard every week with this question. (laughs) Um, my heart has been really anxious this week and I feel like I have not, I don't, Corona has, has like amplified my anxiety in a lot of ways And I feel like I have these days where I'm like, and I I don't have a fear of anything in particular. Like it's not necessarily the virus itself. Mm -hmm. I think it's more so I was starting a new job and, you know, my job involves a lot of going into doctor's offices and, you know, being around potential sick patients. So maybe it is the virus and I just haven't processed that. I don't know, but I've felt like this crippling anxiety this week that has like, made it very hard where I have to have these, like, full-blown, like, pep talks with myself and prayers with God in the morning, like, okay, you're going to be fine. Like, and I don't even know, like, what, I don't know. I haven't processed it all. So I don't, I don't know what's causing it, but I know I feel like this week I've experienced a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. and it's been kind of hard to find what that root is. I think also, you know, the being stuck in the house thing and, it feeling like we don't know when this is gonna end. So I am a lot more introverted now in my later twenties. So I don't necessarily mind the being in the house thing, but I think it's the we don't know when things are gonna reopen again. Like we're seeing the states like, you know, Georgia and Florida that opens too quickly and now they're shutting back down, going back to phase one. So it's like dang, okay, we had this momentum where we were starting to open things back up and now we don't know what this is going to look like. So I think you know, processing a new job that requires a lot of like going into these situations like doctor's offices and then not knowing when things are going to go back to some sort of normalcy and when we are going to be able to be around our loved ones on a more consistent basis has made me pretty anxious. So I'm still processing that, but mm-hmm. I think that's how my heart is. So that is how my heart is. Don't know if that answers the question, but that's all I have for you guys. So- so we are moving on but okay now let's talk about your relationship so how did how did that come about and how long has it been
1: okay so we've been together for officially seven months as of july 5th um neil and i had actually been following each other on instagram for i think three or four years uh we have mutual friends because we both went to the same youth church but i never met him like Mm -hmm. ever so some of his best friends are some of my friends from like church camp and i ended up going to their their youth services a lot after camp so around like grad school i want to say um i think he started following me and i would post devotionals and sometimes he would comment on them and things like that and i hadn't like i didn't remember this guy like there are certain people that comment on devotionals and i'll try to like be intentional about answering them back and if they have questions or whatever like you know i'll respond but i never for him like i just it didn't really stick ignore other him, people stick it. i ignored him i literally <laughs> ignored him so around the time i'm trying to be careful with names mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i was dating somebody in 20 2018 so towards the end of 2018 i was coming home for thanksgiving and neil had uh dm me and was like hey you're an artist. I'm an artist, too. Like, maybe we can link up and discuss, like, maybe we're working on a future project together because he had heard that I was a poet. He's also a poet and a visual artist as well. I wasn't able to meet up with him for whatever reason. So a couple of weeks later, you blew I'm back. Up my man again? Yeah, I did. <laughs> so I'm back in, like, Maryland. And at the time, I was dating a guy in, like, D.C. And so him and I, like, went to, like, the spa or whatever. And I had posted about it. And Neil was like, you're going to break a lot of guys' hearts with this post. And I was like, you're sus. I think you like me. Like, I didn't say that, but in my head, I'm like, huh, okay. Then get back home for New Year's. That was New Year's. We were supposed to do something and nothing ever happened. (laughs) And I had agreed to meet up with him again. Never happened. So at this point, as Neil liked to say, he was off me because when he realized I was in a relationship and I had like just ditched him twice, we didn't really link back up again until, um, Nipsey had passed because my sister is a big Nip fan. I needed some, um, some artwork done for my sister. So I wanted somebody that I trusted and someone that I knew was intentional about their art. So reached out to him and he did a piece and from there like we were just talking like all the time. Mm. And it was super platonic. Like we could talk about things that were happening in pop culture. We would talk about hip hop because we're both hip hop heads. So we would debate on like J. Cole and Kendrick or Nas and Jay-Z, stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, you're really dope. Like I appreciate this. Then I got back from vacation with you last year and your family um, in Martha's Vineyard. And my first day back at work was trash like i was like this is what i get for going on vacation it's like y'all treat me i i am not wearing makeup i am in this, this like great zen mood and this is the ghetto i walk into i get home and i'm like over it and i get a dm from neil i'm like i'll check it later whatever so before i took a nap i checked it and it's this beautiful prayer This Mm -hmm. prayer, like no one has ever prayed for me, like a stranger has never prayed. Well, Pastor John, but Mm
0: -hmm.
1: no person that like I haven't really met before, because I never met him a person has prayed for me like this over social media. And it was a response to like me asking people about prayer requests, um, if they needed prayer requests. And nobody had had ever asked me like if I needed prayer. Mm -hmm. But Neil just took it upon himself to pray for me in return. And it was as if like God and him had this conversation without me knowing about my future and about my destiny. And I remember wow. saying to myself, like, God, I don't know who this man is, but I need my husband to pray for me like this. Mm. And after that, again, like we just kept talking. And eventually we moved to like talking on the phone. And the first time we talked on the phone, we talked for like eight hours straight, busting it up like two people wow. that hadn't known each <laughs> other for years. Uh, Within
0: a month of that, we were together, and uh, yeah, now we're here, and here we are. So this, so it started, you guys started conversing back in 2018, but you were blowing him off on Instagram, you stood him up three times, it sounds like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then he put up a, he responded to a post that sounded like, you know, like, oh, does he like me, and then finally You guys started talking and seven months later here you guys are in a relationship
1: yeah
0: okay so i thank you for sharing that um and i think that that's just so beautiful and of course i'm interviewing you but i know the answer to these questions but i still (laughs) like hearing the story um but what has the transition from singleness to being in a relationship been like for you
1: to be honest with you at first it was scary because Mm -hmm. i didn't want to be in a relationship Mm. um when Neil and I first started like talking after I like revealed to him like you know I do have the the feelings are mutual here I told him like you know I want to be single until my 27th birthday like I told God I was going to be single till my 27th birthday so if you have feelings put them on reserve
0: (laughs) I remember that I hold them bro
1: (laughs) yes and there was one night we were talking and I, I just started crying. Cause I'm like, Neil, like, I know you're trying to get through to me. I understand that. But like, I'm Fort Knox and I'm built this way for a reason. Mm. And I tried to scare him off with everything I had. Like <laughs> I was vicious and he just did not care. Like he just kept being so supportive. He prayed. And that's one thing like to this day we still do together. He prays for us every single night. And mm. I was like, God, like, I need this man to go away because if he doesn't, I'm not going to stick to this promise that I made to God. And I remember my sister saying to me, like, yo, you're dumb. Like, God has given you your husband and you're like, no, I'm not ready. And you, she's like, God doesn't care what you told him. <laughs> like you, you're trying to, you, you want to be single because you think it's going to help you earn God's love even more.
0: Mm. But God loves
1: you already at your full capacity. So what are you doing? Oh,
0: wow, wait, say that again. Because I think a lot of people do that where they're like, okay, God, I'm going to give you my singleness for a year or two years yeah. or whatever. And I love that, that A lot of times that's rooted in our own ego.
1: Yes. Where it's like,
0: okay, I'm doing this to earn some sort of favor from you or or to earn, you know, make up for whatever, whatever mistakes Mm -hmm. I feel like I did. Wow. I love that. That was a bar. God
1: really loves you at your full capacity. And that's so difficult for a lot of us to comprehend, especially for me, because I think I had come to like this understanding that I was all over the place with relationships. I was serial dating from the time i was like 19 to the time i was 25 or 24 and while in that i'm navigating also like my sexuality like how do i navigate my celibacy and me now coming into the understanding that sexuality is not a bad thing like that's a part of who god made me to be but i don't really know how to express this while still serving god so i'm like this is all just ghetto like how about i just eradicate another person and just do this by myself god like we're cool. I just gotten out of a relationship like last May. Um, and I'd said, God, I said to God in our, in my prayer room, I was like, you know, I'm going to be single for a year and it'll be good. Cause I can be celibate for a year too. I don't have to worry about like somebody coming into my space. I don't have to worry about heartbreak. I don't have to worry about sin. I don't have to worry about disappointing you. Mm. Like you're going to love me more. You're going to be proud of me. Like, I want you to be proud of me. And God was like, but I'm already proud of you. Like you can't earn my love. I love you at your, at at my fullest capacity. Like you can't, there's not any more love. I already love you at, at the height. Like, you don't love yourself. That's the problem. Mm. And I just, I didn't think that I deserved a relationship because of the seven years past that I was on and off again with the person and just making my own mistakes in between that as well. So it was better for me to just stick to singleness because that was easy. Mm. so I was afraid um to move out of that and to, and to move into a relationship because I didn't trust myself um I also didn't think that like I was ready and I don't know what that is because a lot of people think that you have to have this level of like you arrive mm. before you get into like the last relationship of your life
0: talk you have about
1: to, it you have to be perfect you have to have gone to years worth of therapy and all of this you have to have healed through all of your emotional traumas that's not it like then what's the point of god blessing you with a partner because you're supposed to grow with that person as well yeah and there would be no purpose for neil right now in my life if i didn't still have healing and work to do so you don't ever arrive
0: i love that i was just talking to my therapist about this last week because i think if I'm very honest, Christian purity culture, a lot of times preaches to women, you gotta, you gotta know how to cook. You gotta make sure you know how to communicate, make sure that you're, you know, slow to anger, all these things. And it makes you feel like you have to do all of this remodeling of yourself before you're deserving of a relationship. And I think we don't realize that that's subconsciously what is being said when they're like, okay, girl, you single, learn how to cook, learn, go to therapy, do this and that. And it's like, the reward, it's funny, I saw this Instagram post and I was so annoyed and it was like the reward of therapy is is a healthy you, not necessarily a relationship because I feel like people even do that and use therapy as like, all right, God, like, look, I'm going therapy, I'm working through my childhood trauma, send him. And it's like, no, the reward of therapy is, is a healthier you that's aware of their traumas and has unpacked some things, but yeah. that is not the... Um, pre-qualifications of getting into a relationship and my therapist said yes so she's like Brianna or not yesterday last week she's like it's not about perfection because if you are so caught up in oh I got to be this perfect version you are also going to look for somebody who's perfect and there's no perfect yep. person you're not going to be perfect and you're yes. you shouldn't be looking for someone who's perfect and so I love that you talk about that because I think a lot of singles don't even realize that they believe that they have to be perfect or they're striving for some checklist of like, okay, let me be single for a year and this isn't that. And then it'll earn some sort of love or favor or grace from God. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. that stuff is already there. There's no earning that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The goal wasn't or should not be the relationship. At the end of the day, I think it should be sanctification mm-hmm. and wanting to, to live out your fullest life the way that God has called you to. So I think another issue that I oftentimes have with uh, Christian culture, especially when it comes to Christian single women, is that yeah, like marriage becomes all, and it's like there's so much more to to that. There's there's so much more to your life than marriage. Like it's just a stepping stone. Like your marriage is supposed to add. It's supposed to be a vehicle, another vehicle that you use to fulfill your purpose. So I think yeah, like a lot of us get caught up in that. I know for me. Until like I had this, like God stripped me down of like everything. Marriage was an idol for a short mm-hmm. period of time or more so companionship. Cause honestly I thought marriage was weird too, but <laughs> companionship was my idol. So mm-hmm. I did not want to be alone. I, I was so scared of being alone. Mm. And then finally I'm like, okay, I want to be alone now. And God's like, ha ha. Here he is. No. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I love that. What are some things that you've learned about yourself in this relationship?
1: Hmm. I've learned that I'm not just impatient with other people, but I'm very impatient with myself. Mm. So I think the way that I'm oftentimes short with people or short to listen and not react or respond immediately is just a reflection of how I am with myself. So Neil has created this safe space where he doesn't antagonize me for my, my flaws or my mistakes or whatever. Um, he uses them as opportunities, which is why I think his heart is an extension of God's heart because of how slow to anger he is and how patient he is. So yeah, I've learned Mm -hmm. that, um, yeah, I'm sometimes not sometimes, oftentimes impatience with myself, which is a reflection of others. But also I realized how soft I am really too. Mm, and like how, jello. Literally <laughs> like yellow. And I was scared of that. I thought that was a bad thing. Oh I think growing up because yeah, like I was told all the time, like as a kid, you're so sensitive. And I thought, like, having emotions was a bad thing, so I would oftentimes be very harsh or very curt with people, and as I got older, like, my sarcasm became, like, A1, so i became like, mm,
0: shining bright like a diamond, that's senior year <laughs> of college, girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I was, like, oh, this is great, like, I was, I was so happy about being this hard person, the sad life is not a good life, I'm telling y'all it's not, um,
0: Wait, if I can just interject there. So I think that's funny that that's something that you realized as your friend, like I can definitely like see that, that softness. And it was so funny. I remember one time when I was in, it was my first job out of college and we had to introduce ourselves And, um, my manager wanted us to like say some things about ourselves or whatever. And like use an example of like, what, if there was an analogy, like what's something that we were similar to. And so I myself, I said, I'm Brianna and I think I'm like a pineapple, like, you know, rough on the outside, but like super sweet on the inside. And my coworker was like a pineapple. She's like, girl, you're like a bowl of oatmeal. I was like, excuse me. (laughs) She was like, um, you're super sweet and mushy. And I was like, no, I'm a pineapple. Okay. (laughs) but it's just crazy because it's like no girl you're soft and I can I can relate to that you know feeling like you have to put this guard up when you're when you are emotional or you are sensitive because you're like you know if the world doesn't understand that they label you as dramatic or extra or sensitive so we feel like we have to be these hard characters or creatures and it's like girl you a bowl of jello and it's okay (laughs) Seriously.
1: And honestly, like nobody wanna be with somebody that's hard like that. And prickly, like, right?
0: No, <laughs>
1: you wore off people like that. So I was I was blessed to have somebody that was gracious to be patient and could see through that. Um, but I also like had to realize that my ability to to feel things with intensity wasn't necessarily this negative thing. Like, I think mm-hmm. God made me an empath for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it, it it allows me the ability to also relate to people a lot differently. Yep. And to discern things um, very quickly. So, mm-hmm. learning that my emotions are not a bad thing and that me being soft isn't a bad thing is something I'm still learning how to embrace. Um, but I'm seeing it more as a superpower now than this like negative trait that I have.
0: Yes. I love that. It is a superpower. I have, I think you told me that it was one of my superpowers recently. And I'm like- an empath, Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, "Wow, that the the ability to feel deeply is definitely a superpower because so many people have been hurt beyond repair, I think, and have created these irreversible guards up that have blocked a lot of their." One of my friends used the term "emotionally constipated," and it's like, I don't need an enema; I am emotionally fluid. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I I don't think that people are that they have heart wounds that are irreversible I think they're just very complex and they have like all these layers and you have to be like willing I think that's the key people aren't willing to go to that depth yeah the work
0: I think also people who've ignored an infected wound like it just becomes this callousness that you're like I I see the wound but so much has grown over it and you like I can't even like get to that wound and you've you're ignoring the fact that that wound's there because this layer of skin has grown over it to protect it from being hurt again but it's still oozing inside of there and so no it's not not like god of course can heal everything but i think you know some of of those wounds are so deep and people are just like you know trying to hide them or trying to Mm -hmm. ignore the fact that they're bleeding all over people Mm -hmm. um, which i think Mm -hmm. definitely causes some issues for sure um But, okay, so I want to transition to talking about a list. I think, you know, when I was in undergrad, was it undergrad? No, I was in high school. I read a book called The List, and you know, when I, am like, decide I'm going to do something, I stick to it. And so I wrote this list, and there were five different lists that I had, the must-haves, the would-be-nices, the icing on the cake, the not-so-nice, and the deal-breakers. And I stuck to my list so closely and then I ended up getting my list and I was like, oh, this is garbage. God, you just pick. <laughs> so I feel like in Christian culture, we a lot we talk about lists a lot. And I feel like there's a camp that's like, have a list and be specific. And then there's another camp that's like, don't have a list. God will give you what you need. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, did you have a list? And if so, how closely does Neil, Neil match the things that were on that list or the things that you prayed for or even things that you didn't?
1: So I... I did have a list and so funny. I have my old journal open in my prayer room right now. And it's open to the page that had like my list. Oh yeah. Hilarious. So I, I did have a list. I think I wrote it in like 2017 ish. And I had three, I had, or maybe four. I had a deal breaker. One must haves would be nice. Icing on a cake. Mm. Um, Neil met all of, well, before I get there, after I made that list, I realized how ridiculous it was because I was looking for a robot and not a person. Mm. And so immediately after that entry with my list, I, I wanted to rip it up and like throw the pages out. But I was like, hmm, this is a teachable moment. So I ended up writing to myself after and basically saying, I'm now surrendering my desires to God and whatever he sees fit to fill in, he'll do that. So totally forgot about it. Like, didn't even remember me writing that until i was in this relationship that i'm in right now and so when neil had actually asked me like did you ever have a list i was like i don't know (laughs) and i went to my journal i found it i was on the phone with him i think and we ended up going through it together and i was like wow you need all of the must-haves wow all of them and then like the next list of like would be nice met all those too on the icing on the cake, he met, I think like four out of the 10 or something like that. So I was like, case. well, maybe this was like a thing, but for me, it wasn't about him meeting the qualities, like the superficial qualities like that, Mm -hmm. that didn't matter. Um, One thing that Michael Todd said said recently that stuck out to me was that God doesn't always give us what we want. He gives us what we need. Mm Mm-hmm. So I didn't get this man that's, you know, six, three and all of that. I got a guy that's literally like a couple of like centimeters taller than me, but loves me like God does more than the six foot, whatever person that I was dating before him and before that person and then before the others, like, yeah, I, and I wouldn't trade it for anything.
0: I wouldn't. So, I love that. So, one of my other friends who is um, a newlywed, she tells me that all the time because me and one of my other friends that are single, we talk about like the height thing and how it's important. And she's like, Look, girl, I thought I wanted that too. And I think her husband is maybe her height or a few inches taller than her. And she's like, Listen, height ain't gonna love you at night, okay? Like, get you a man that has a heart after God and who's patient, who's kind, like the height thing. It's not the end of the world if that's not the case. And I think, so I think that's why I kind of ripped up my list. And I don't, I don't think I have a list. I mean, I think in my head, like I have these preferences, but I'm really in the camp now where I'm like, God, just whatever you gonna give me, like, I'm, you know, me better than I know myself. I wrote these very detailed lists that I thought, like, boom, this will be what's best for me. And like I said, I got somebody who literally had almost everything on my list. And I was like, Oh, this is garbage. This is hard, <laughs> sweaty garbage. And I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. And so we're gonna, you know, start over. Um, My next question is, did you ever journal to your future husband. And I asked that question because I feel like I was an avid journaler, like people, you know, we have two camps of that too where they're like, write to your future husband and people that are like, no, I used to do that and then I felt like I was creating such an idol out of it, mm. like out of writing to him and, you know, getting so like, oh my goodness, when is he coming? And so I stopped. And I feel God like kind of nudging me to start that again, but I feel hesitant because I'm like ah, I don't know. I don't want that to become an idol. I don't want myself to start becoming so obsessed about this person that I'm writing to. And I don't know who he is. So where, where did you fall in that camp?
1: I did write to my future husband, my freshman year of college. I stopped, I think a little bit after like my dad had passed and I don't like, I don't know what was the thing that made me stop. But instead of writing letters to my future husband, I started writing letters to myself. Mm. And I, I was writing that way, and I still write in my journal that way occasionally. I'll, I'll say, dear self. And it's with the hope that whomever I am in the future will be proud of me sticking to my process. And if I ever do need a reminder of where God has bought me from, that I'll have that, and it'll seem like super personal. But yeah i stopped writing and i don't i don't know if it if the letters became an idol but i think yeah at some point like i said companionship was an idol for me and what that stemmed from was my inability to see god as the source of all of my affirmation all of the needed affirmation that i really need mm-hmm. um when it came to my purpose so i was looking for yeah like other people to to fill in these spaces that they were incapable of doing so, or I was trying to fit into spaces that I didn't belong into. Um, One of my good Mm. friends, Keshay, she said that she felt like my last relationship became an attachment instead Mm. of, um, yeah, a relationship. And she was like, it was an attachment because you were hurt and and all these things. And I was like, huh, that's a good way to put it. So, yeah, I like, instead of the letters becoming an idol, people became idols for me.
0: Mm. Yeah. How is this relationship different from your past relationships? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> um,
1: well, first off, he's a Christian. We're going to start with that.
0: That's a big difference.
1: Yeah. Um, I was totally against, like, honest, I was so, so against admitting this, but I did not want to date Christian men because they all seem so corny. Mm i was like i want to date somebody that's fun that like is into what i'm into like that listens to hip-hop and can go like toe-to-toe with me over like a jay-z lyric or like monster off of like kanye's uh my beautiful dark Twisted fantasy like that's one of my favorite songs ever so i'm like if you can do that like
0: boo we don't support kanye around these parts i know
1: but... kanye, i don't want to say kanye's canceled but kanye needs a time for now
0: um a definite time out <laughs>
1: yeah we're gonna pray for we're gonna pray for mr west um mm, yes yeah i just i was over christian men they all seemed corny to me and every single one that i met in the church i was like Ugh. so um yeah in that way he's different he's christian but also again the fact that like i feel like neil's heart is an extension of god's for me and mm. i think i t- told you this but i definitely told like my uncle this like i don't feel like I'm in love, like all the mushy feelings that you get normally based off of infatuation. I don't really have that with Neil. Like, Do I have moments? Yeah, but they're not, they had, like our first couple of months together, I didn't feel that. I felt moments, but I didn't feel that all the way. I just felt like, wow, this is a real thing. Like I, I stopped believing in Adam. I stopped believing that mm. My husband would come. I was just happy with the fact that God didn't cut me off.
0: Mm. So, people, uh, people idolize. I don't know if I "idolize" the word there, but that those romantic feelings that you're talking about. I've heard other Mm -hmm. my other friends who are in relationships talk about that, where they're like, "It's not like that." And I know for people that are listening, it might be like, "Okay, what do you mean?" Like you don't feel like in love. But I've heard people describe it as like, you know, people say like, "Oh." I fell in love. It's like it's not like a falling. It's like I'm walking consciously into a love with this person that doesn't feel the same way that something that would be a little bit more toxic or maybe more lust-driven would feel, where you're like, oh butterflies and this isn't that. And I think that's a very important distinction that, you know, when it's healthy, it doesn't have to feel like this super like oh my goodness your nose is wide open like you're you're not falling you're walking in it and I love that you're you know reminding us of that Mm -hmm. I think for me um what I as an observer and as you know your friend one thing that I observe is different is that I feel like in past relationships I've seen you and you have shrunk yourself to not overshine that person um, yes. and not because they asked you to, but necessary, but because, you know, maybe you want them to feel comfortable or you were intimidated by your light or whatever you're calling and, okay. you know, having met Neil a couple of weeks ago and seeing that that was not the case. You weren't shrinking yourself. You weren't trying to hide the beautiful parts of Nicole that I've always looked at and been so inspired by. Mm-hmm. You weren't trying and the, the part that I feel like God has specifically placed in you for your ministry you weren't trying to hide those pieces of yourself. They were shining bright like a diamond. And I was just like, wow, like Nicole is being so much herself. It was like, he was one of the girls, you know, like it wasn't like, oh, okay, Nicole's boyfriend's here. So let's, all right. Who's Nicole going to be today? It was like, no, like Nicole is being herself. And so me as your friend watching that, it's like, wow, like my friend can be so much of herself in this relationship and not shrink herself and not feel like you can't be ambitious or be as open with your gifts because of somebody being intimidated by it or not knowing how to receive it. And so it, that's been such a blessing for me to watch and observe as your friend.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, for the first time, I don't feel like I have to apologize for my dreams or my ambition. I'm also not funny. planning my career or my next position around him. And I've done that before, I've moved to a different place for a person. And Neil has not asked me to do any of that. Um, I had the opportunity to like actually move back to New York because I got job offers after I got this offer, um, where I work right now. And Neil told me, don't, don't move. He said, stay where you are. He actually told me it'd be dumb of me if I left my church and went back to New York. And Mm -hmm. I was like, why? And he said, because that's where God has placed you right now. That's where you belong right now. Mm -hmm. And to have somebody that speaks to my purpose and is so in tune with God, like, that means everything god has made provision through that man for me mm-hmm. and i didn't know what, i didn't know that was possible like i didn't know what that looked like i heard all the time like oh your husband's supposed to be a covering for you the man that god has for you is supposed to be a covering for you but i did not know what that looked like nor what it felt like and outside of my own self to see the provision that god has made through neil to see the way that he cares about people is important to me to see the way that he's prayed for you um my sister, the way he, my sister was going through a, an intense moment back in December and she wanted to talk to Neil. She wanted to talk to me. She wanted to talk to him. Wow. And to this day, Neil has not told me what conversation my sister and him have had. All I know is that I walked back into my room and my sister was in tears mm-hmm. and she just looked comforted. And I was like, if you can do that with my sister, that means a lot but to know that he prayed for like my friends as well and was intentional about talking with you guys about just different things. Last week or this week, he talked to one of our friends and prayed with her. And I was like, you just out here being friends with my friends? <laughs> that too, but I'm like, yo, they're not your friends. They're mine. Oh, so, gosh. but yeah, I, I love that. I love the way that he loves people. So mm-hmm. that's, I think, what's different too. Um.
0: I have a question on self-sabotage. So you touched on it a little bit, but I think a lot of times, and I'll speak personally, you know, when we get good things that we want, self-sabotage can very easily, unknowingly rear its ugly head. Um, And so do you feel like there have been any moments in this relationship where self-sabotage has tried to creep in?
1: Plenty. (laughs) Um.
0: How do you navigate those? Like, do you know that it's self-sabotage? Does he have to call you out on it? Or like, how do you navigate those moments?
1: So in the moment, I'm not aware, but because I prayed this very ridiculous prayer a couple of months ago, like God, make my conviction stronger. (laughs) I was really praying that prayer because I wanted to be better in my witness to people and to be more sensitive to like my discernment of when I'm supposed to talk to people did not think that was going to be a character thing um so it's like when I'm having like a brat attack moment guys like get your life sis I'm like "Mm, mind your business (laughs) so the last brat attack moment was really like about communication like Neil's a horrible texter yes he
0: is yes he is Horrible. (laughs) I have filed a formal complaint with him (laughs)
1: And I was mad because I'm like, you don't text me throughout the day. And I, instead of saying that verbatim, I just started doing like dumb things, like ignoring him or just being very mean for no mm. reason or super sarcastic.
0: Mm. And that sarcasm cut deep. <laughs> you pulled out,
1: I oof. I did. And the next day like well we when we got off the phone it was like very harsh we he still prayed but it wasn't with like softness towards me so the next day i was like i don't like this and god would not let me get like suppress that feeling like it just kept coming up it kept coming up and so i ended up reaching out to him and I, you know, I apologized for, it, and I tried to be like still sarcastic and funny in my apology, just to kind of like soften the mood a little bit. Um, but his response back was like, you know, I love you, but I'm not going to deal with the ridiculousness. And I was like, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> like, my ego was hurt, but then I just started crying. Mm. Like immediately after like my ego had a moment, I started crying and I'm like why do you why, are you why do you do this and the truth of the matter was I didn't feel like I deserved my relationship mm. I didn't feel like I deserved this relationship right now I didn't feel like again I was ready or anything like they say you're supposed to be I didn't feel like I was ready I also had heart wounds from my last relationship that I felt like I should have been over by now and how dare I bring that baggage into a new relationship how dare I I bring that to someone else, but what I ended up like, I wrote a poem in response to like something that he wrote to me earlier this week. And I had said to him, like, instead of, you know, expecting me to unpack that you've helped me to do it. Mm. He's helped me unpack that baggage. And he doesn't see it as like his own, but has helped me see it like with different perspective. And I, I like, I still go through moments of like self-sabotage, but I think they're a lot less severe than they were before. But it's it's normal. It's absolutely normal.
0: What advice do you have for somebody who may struggle with that? What I heard is, I mean, that conviction thing, like being quick to apologize and sincere in that. But is there anything else that you feel like someone needs to hear if they're struggling with sabotaging something that they feel like is too good for them?
1: I think it's a daily conversation with yourself and realizing that you are worthy of love that's what it really comes down to because I didn't think that I was worthy of this relationship because I didn't think I was worthy of love I didn't think that who I was in the moment was worthy of that because of whatever lies I believed or were told about me so every single day you need to have a conversation with yourself and whatever self shows up that day love on that version of yourself you're never going to be perfect. And that's the beauty of this life that we have an opportunity to learn from every single thing. So yeah, w- w- if I could say, if somebody's listening right now, if there's a girl that's like, or, or, or a guy and you know, they're, they're struggling through that. They're struggling to receive the love that God has put in front of them. You're worthy of it. You are more than worthy of it. And mm-hmm. God, I think sometimes places healing agents in our lives to, to help us navigate those heart wounds to remind us that we're, we're worthy of love. So you're not, of course you're not going to be able to accept that love until you start loving on yourself in those spaces. So yeah, remind yourself daily. Like you are so worthy of love. So worthy of it. You can't earn God's love. Like you already have it. Yeah. So use that source and, and love I'm on it.
0: Cry over here, friend. That is so <laughs> deep. I think a lot of us don't feel worthy of love and Because a lot of our relationships have been transactional or they've been conditional. I love you because we don't understand when a love is present that just loves us. Like God's love, you can't do anything to earn it. You can't do anything to lose it. You can't do anything to add to it, make it more like... We are gifted the fullness of his love. Not like, all right, you're going to get step one of my love and we'll see how you go and we'll gradually progress. The fullness of his love, we are gifted the moment that we accept him and acknowledge him as our Lord and Savior. And that stays forever, no matter what we go through, no matter what happens. And I think that that is hard for, I'll speak for myself, that's hard for me to grasp sometimes. And then to have this relationship that's like an extension of that. Like I've selfishly asked this question because I feel like self-sabotage is something I will struggle with because it's like, you want to feel like you're doing something to earn something. Like, okay, you're giving like an even exchange. So this Mm -hmm. whole unconditional thing is like, okay, wait, there have to be conditions. Right. Like there have to be, like, what do you mean? Stop lying. What are the conditions? So I know what bar I have to meet.
1: Grasping love without condition is very difficult, especially coming from like toxic, broken relationships. Yeah. It was difficult for me to receive a gift from Neil without measuring or, and, and give him one back without measuring the, the equality. Mm. And it was because of a conversation I had in my last relationship. And it was during Christmas in my last relationship, my boyfriend during at the time, got- we had both wrote lists for each other of what we wanted for Christmas, about like four or five things. I got him everything or close to everything on that list. He got me close to everything on that list as well, but then also got me some additional things. And I was like, oh, this is nice. Um, But I thought he was going to be content with all these things that I got him on his list because it's like, it's your whole list. You should be happy. And he had said to me, you know, you didn't put any, any thought into your gift. And I was like, I didn't put any thought into the gifts that I gave you?
0: You're one of the most thoughtful gift givers I know.
1: He didn't think it was thoughtful. And I struggled with like how to navigate after that conversation because he he antagonized me a little bit about it. And it ripped me to shreds because mm-hmm. all I wanted to do in that relationship was make this person happy. Mm-hmm. Whether that meant to, yeah, shrink myself into a space that I was too big for or whatever.
0: Wait too big for
1: yeah so I didn't recover from like I actually didn't even remember that conversation until I was in therapy and I told my therapist I was like Jerry I don't know why I can't receive gifts from Neil without like feeling like whatever I give him back isn't worthy enough Mm. and so yeah like two years later it took me to realize oh you have a problem with that because of like a past relationship but you can't earn like an love. it's just it is what it is yeah. like God's love is unconditional so
0: this is so I, encouraging friend like I am just over here smiling from ear to ear listening to you talk about this this is so beautiful I love this thank you for sharing this with us of course I do have more questions so you are somebody who I don't know how to describe it. You're not secretive on social media, but like if somebody follows you on social media, but doesn't know you in real life, they are not even getting a fraction of who you are, what's going on in your life. I mean, you post your wonderful devotions in the morning. Sometimes you show us your face on your Instagram story, you know, talking about something, but they are not getting the fullness of who Nicole is. I think I share a lot more on my story, but even people that follow me, like don't get, they probably get maybe like, 20% 20% more but they're not getting a hundred percent and so in a social media age where everyone wants to post everything right like the minute somebody's in a relationship they're posting the hand holding pictures and all that stuff you have been a little bit more slow to do that and that's always I feel like that's always been your speed like in any relationship I've seen you in but how do you protect your relationship from social media from a world that wants to know like all of your business are you very like, purposeful about what you post? Are you making a conscious decision not to post um, a lot? Like, where where do you kind of fall in that spectrum? That's funny, because
1: he asked me that question when we first got together. He was like, what do you think about social media? And I was like, how would I not post you until we're married?
0: And, <laughs> and that's so something you would do, like, so something you would do.
1: And Neil was like, no, that's actually not happening. He said, so,
0: actually, no, I will not be a secret.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I, like, I don't know. I, I don't know where or why I am that way. Yeah. I can't really, um, it's not that I'm scared of social media in any way, because I think if you build the foundation that you're supposed to build, nothing on an internet website can tear it down Yeah, because our communication is solid. Like, so when, Something weird from our past pops up, or like some ex tries to like hit him up or hit me up. Like we have a conversation about it and we like crack up. So, or like if somebody's trying to like shoot their shot, like somebody at his job was actually trying to shoot their shot at him. And it's so funny. Oh
0: nah, <laughs> we need to pull up.
1: <laughs> oh, I told him I was like I throw hands. um
0: Okay, we yeah. lay hands and we throw hands. Period. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, I just I don't know. Um, Cause he's like also the same way sometimes, so I think it just depends yeah. on like what we want to share. And I think we also we did have a conversation that, that when it came to sharing our relationship, we wanted it to be about what God did in our relationship, mm. um, the miracle that He has performed and continues to perform in our relationship as we continue to grow. So He also has dealt with like heart wounds from His past and toxic relationships or um, what it, what it, uh entanglements? That's what mm. that's what they called it. So. I think when it comes time for us to do something together to talk about our relationship together, it can't be about Nicole and Neil. It has to be about what God did because that's, that's the whole purpose of this entire thing. Um, I want people to be inspired and to know that God is still intentional about fulfilling every single desire that he's placed on your heart. And if he placed marriage and if he placed the relationship on your heart, he did that with intention and will fulfill that in his time.
0: I receive that. Yes, I do. With both hands open. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I love that. I think, so I think about that. Um, I, I don't know what my approach will be. I mean, of course, God got to pull up with a man first and then we'll decide, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I do share a fair amount on social media, um, but I do know that you know, the strangers that follow us on social media are not entitled to know every single thing that's going on in our lives. And so, you know, I've thought like, okay, maybe I won't post them until like I'm engaged or I don't know, but I share a lot of my life. So it'd be hard for me not to, um, I'm not sure where I fall in that camp. Okay. okay. Two last questions. Um, this conversation has been great. And thank you again for just letting us, um, gleam from this new season of your life. If you could go back and tell single Nicole anything, what would you tell her
1: it'll be worth it and to not give up because yeah I I lost all hope I was over it but I would also tell her to give herself grace and to allow herself to grow whatever expectations you think um you need to to meet or whatever. I think I was hard on myself as well because there were people that expected so many different things from me and they had this standard for me, but I didn't, that wasn't always a standard that I had for myself. So yeah, like the only standard that you ever need to abide by is the standard guide is set for you. So anything else, just throw it in a New York City dumpster truck. It's a wrap. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it'll all be worth it extend yourself grace. And I always feel weird because I'm like, I'm on the other side of singleness. And I thought I was still going to be in singleness around this time last year. So I always feel like, Dad, like, am I giving you any kind of inspiration or any kind of words of wisdom? Because sis, I didn't even know I would be here. Um, so I don't want to sound cliche by telling you like, yo, like, you know, continue to wait. Cause that just sounds so like, you got anything more for me? Like, yeah, I don't, like, be gracious with yourself, and no matter how many times, like, you feel like you're gonna, you're getting it wrong, like, it's okay, singleness is not meant to be perfect, it's not, there's, there's no one way of doing it, and I think we try to mirror our singleness according to what this person on social media is doing, or what that person is, bruh, it's your own journey, run your own race, singleness is gonna look like what it's supposed to look like for you, so whatever God has called you to do in your singleness for you, do that. You may not be able to start, you may not be called to, to start a whole small group on singleness. That may not be your calling. Mm. God, may call you to do something completely different, but in your singleness and even in your relationship status, wherever you are, serve. Serve. That singleness
0: is not meant to be perfect. Huh. I feel like that might've broken some chains on some folks and in, in the best way, for real. I think there is that layer of perfection that we feel like, Mm -hmm. all right, I got to do this perfectly. And maybe I'm just speaking for myself, who is a recovering perfectionist, um, but you feel like you got to do it right. And so I thank you for yet another gem. My last question, I don't know if this is different from what you just said, because you just honestly dropped a lot of gems, but is there any advice that you have for so people on the other side, so the single woman who are waiting for God's best for them right now and are maybe losing hope or feeling frustrated or feeling forgotten.
1: Don't put a time limit on it. We live in this very constricted time frame of like when we're supposed to get married. A lot of us were supposed to be married by like 25, have kids by 28, um, have a house by 30 and be <laughs> entrepreneurs by the time we're 35. My mom was 26 when she had me, which was like yesterday for me. Day <laughs> I turned 26, I was like, My dad was 26 Wait, married and got no kids.
0: My dad was 26 too. That's so crazy.
1: And it was it was very weird because yeah, to be 26, the age that my mother was when she had me, I was like, How do I feel? And then I was like, I feel good. I ain't got no college tuition to pay for nobody. So <laughs> great. But, um, exactly. So yeah, don't put any time limit on it. Um, because yeah, you can't put a limit on God. Like God is going to do what he wants to do. So your, your, your time limits are cute, but
0: I think that time limit thing, though, is easier said than done. So while my dad was 26, my mom was like 34 or 36 when she had me. So she was significantly older than my father. So I never felt like I didn't grow up with this idea in my mind that I needed to be married by a certain time. And like being single in my 20s did not scare me because Mm -hmm. my mom did not have children until her late 30s. But I feel like somewhere along the way, I absorbed other people's timelines. So before where that was never something like I never was that person. I was like, I want to be married by 25. That was never a thought for me. But then all of a sudden, as I'm nearing 27, this idea of being single into my 30s is something that is like I'm so fearful of. And I'm like trying to figure out where along the way I pick that up or where along the way I – made somebody else's timeline my timeline because it never was. And mm-hmm. so I think that you know that not putting a timeline timeline on it is easier said than done because I think a lot of times we are not the ones that put the timeline on it. It's oh, the yeah. people around us, the coworkers that are like, "Oh, are you dating?" or the parents that are like, "When are you going to give me grandkids?" and you're like, "Whoa, like they their clock is ticking for you." And you're like, right. Hold on. I don't like, wait a minute. I'm, you know, what about this career thing I just did? Or I have a dog. Yeah. Does anyone care about Lincoln and how he's doing? You know, like how he's <laughs> progressing, the milestones he's hitting? No, nobody cares.
1: Lincoln.
0: He learned him. how to sit. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> and so I think, you know, if I can give any advice, I mean, obviously I'm still, you know, in the single camp, but I think being very conscious about what you're believing from other people and letting yes. people rush you. Yes and having to really like surrender that thing and it's so hard and sometimes it's a minute by minute thing but it's like yo I have to surrender this and I had this moment this week because I feel like I had lost and we had this conversation last summer um Nicole and I we go on vacation every summer with my family Rona obviously ruined that anyways um And we talked about like how I was always the friend that had the hope. Like I remember one summer where you were losing hope and I'm like, no, Nicole, like this is going to be great. You would say like, I don't want to get married. And I'd be like, Nicole, shut up. Like you're going to make an amazing wife. You can't just give up on it. And then somewhere it switched. And I was the one that was like, man, forget this. I got Lincoln. I'll be fine. And you Mm -hmm. were like, no friend, there's hope. And I feel like for a long time, like I lost that hope and it was just like, <sighs> it's fine, God, you know, like, I'll just adopt a child, and we'll just go Ooh. from there, <laughs> and,
1: well, like, repeated that script,
0: well, I got that from you, when you were, like, I was oh, gonna "I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you used to say the turkey base and the baby, I'm, like, you know what, God. we can make that happen, <laughs> and then I, so I feel like, and I feel like once the enemy steals hope, and whatever it is, whether it's hope in relationship, hope in general, like, once that hope is gone, um, like, it's like, it's almost like he's stealing our trust in God.
1: Yes, that's what it
0: is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I feel like this, I I don't even know how long it's been because I feel like it's been a while where I've just been like, man, forget it. And maybe that's why I don't feel like writing to my future husband. But this past week, I feel like I can visualize and feel that excitement again about whoever my future husband's going to be. And it's been like as of this week, which is very new because before I was like, Forget it. I don't care. Whatever. And I think we put this defense. We we push this away. We tell God, like, just kidding. I don't want it because we don't want to be disappointed if we don't get it. Which is basically mm. us not trusting that He yeah. hears our desires and that He's yeah. there and His timing will not be on our timing. But do we trust that He's still good? Yeah. So I'm ranting a little bit, but I think my advice is to, if you're single and you're listening to this and you find yourself losing hope and waiting for God's best, ask God to restore that hope. Because that hope is really our trust that he loves his children and that he has the best in sight for us and whatever that looks like and whatever his timeline is. And so my advice would definitely be like, pray for that hope back and that trust in him, that blind trust where we don't feel like we have to micromanage him.
1: Yeah. I have two things that I want to add really quickly. So one, God is not intimidated by your emotions. So if you're going through your singleness right now and you're frustrated with God, God wants to hear that. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how many times you have to have this conversation with God about you being frustrated in your singleness, have that conversation. Like I remember reading Job and just seeing how Job was super explicit in his emotions and questioning God. It's okay for you to question God. I, I want to debunk this myth that we are not supposed to question God. Yeah. Ask God God. Questions. He's not press him. he's not intimidated by what you are feeling. He created every every single emotion that you feel. He's aware of. He's aware. Jesus went through every single emotion that we go through in this human life, all he, the way up the he cup.
0: questioned God. Like he asked, "He you know, Why? did. He taking me? You know, he, he
1: did." <laughs> Which almost sounds a little suicidal. Like when he said, "Take this cup for me," that sounds a little su- so. God has gone through. Like he's gone through every single human emotion that we go through in this life. So do not think that you can't go to God and talk to him about it. Don't think that you have to yeah. be perfect when you approach him about your singleness. My second thing is do not confuse singleness for barrenness. And I don't mean just physical barrenness as far as like um, pregnancy or, or bearing children, but I mean spiritual barrenness. Um, I think mm-hmm. a, a thing that the ch- church does oftentimes is that they're always trying to put singles with other singles. They're always trying to marry them off. And to me, that was very distasteful for me. When I first joined my church, there was a woman in my church who was like, oh, you're single. You're so pretty. Why? Because I am. And at the time I was choosing to be single. I
0: hate that question. Mind you, It's so
1: It's so disrespectful. And it makes it sound like because you were single, you're in lack of something. Mm, you're not. Yeah. You're not. So just because you're single does not mean you're lacking anything. It's just where God has called you to right now. So yeah. again, your singleness does not mean that you are spiritually barren. There, there are things that you are supposed to do. There is birth that you're supposed to get even in this stage of your life. So do not allow people to to post you to whatever expectations they have on you. Do not allow your mom to troll your ovaries, okay?
0: <laughs> okay, Don't. or your dad, because Brian would be dad. asking questions and I'd be like, sir, mind your business. <laughs> not okay. Yeah. I love that friend. Thank you so much for just dropping so much wisdom and for sharing with us this new season and letting me pick your brain. Um, like I said, Nicole is an amazing poet. She has an amazing blog as well. So please go find her at the Nicole Webb with two bees.com. Buy her poetry books. She is literally my favorite author. I have both I have two of her books. I still gotta get the third one. Highlighted all up. Like I i love oh, her poetry. Yes, girl. Yes. They're in my bookshelf too. Um and follow her on Instagram, the Nicole Webb. She does post amazing um blog posts on her story. She doesn't post a lot on her Instagram, but when she does, either. it is definitely very purposeful and it's bomb.com. But go follow my friend. She's amazing. Thanks so much for listening. I hope if you're single and you're listening to this that you feel encouraged by hearing you know, I knew Nicole back when she was single and to see God answer a prayer is it has honestly like this relationship has been a blessing to me to see like, Oh God, you still be answering prayers. Like this is amazing.
1: And he answered your prayer. Cause I didn't want this. I'm happy. <laughs> I got it, but he answered your prayer.
0: And and, I mean, literally, like, Neil is one of my answered prayers for you. Like, I remember specifically praying for somebody that would not make you shrink, that would love you the way that, like, I felt you deserve to be loved and all of those things. And to see him, like, in human form, it's like, oh, my goodness, God, like, you still answer prayers. So So your relationship has been a blessing to me. And so I hope somebody that's listening to this and they're struggling with, like, you know. What does God's best even look like, especially if you're on social media and you're seeing all these people that might not be Christian getting into these relationships and you're feeling like, does God even still be bringing Christian men around? Like, yes, you hear from Nicole. Yes, he does. does. So I hope you feel encouraged. Um, And if you are in a relationship, I mean, Nicole dropped some gems there. So just in general, whatever season you're in, I hope that this episode was super helpful for you. Best friend, I love you. Thank you so much for being on, and I'm so Thank happy I got to see my you. My
1: firefly, like I love you so much. Literally, like I, again, I did not, I did not have hope that things like this would happen. Um, I did like, and not even just my relationship, like friendship. Like you know that you're my first best friend, <laughs> and um the way that like yeah god has before neil came along like god showed me that there were people that would serve as an extension of his heart for me and you were one of those people so i thank you for being my friend even when
0: i wasn't friendable nicole i told you about my period and i'm already a little emotional so i don't need you making me cry on this podcast but (laughs) thank you so much friend um and on that note Woo child, when your love language is worth of affirmation and God gives you a poet as a best friend who uses her words to affirm you, sometimes there are tears. <sighs> Anyways, I hope this episode was helpful for somebody. I know it was super helpful for me even to just hear Nicole's story and to just be encouraged that God is out here still answering prayers for a godly man. So hope this episode was encouraging for you. Don't forget to rate this podcast wherever you are listening, share, tell a friend, And yeah, I will see you guys next week.